Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Women's Sports Matter podcast. My name is Gianna Belcastro, and I am your host. Today, I'm doing another interview. I get so many amazing people on the show that I don't get to sit by myself in my office talking to myself for half an hour. Anyway, I'm going to let my guest introduce herself. Hi, uh, my name's Marissa Pilla. I'm a sports broadcaster based out of Philadelphia, and mainly I've been covering a lot of NWSL. So if you are a fan of women's soccer and really, why shouldn't you be? Uh, you'll probably hear my voice, see my face on all the broadcasts on CBS and CBS Sports. Uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun, and I've been doing it for the last three seasons. You honestly, every time, you, you know, you come up on the screen, I'm like, oh my God, that's more Like, <laughs> you're just like so recognizable now. Ever since I started watching soccer, like, I always look up to see if you're, you're broadcasting. Oh my gosh. Because um, like, you're, you're really good at your job, like plain oh, and simple. I don't, I don't want to like, you know. Thank like, you. Yeah. Sometimes it's words. like, is anybody watching this? Like in my head, I, <laughs> to help myself, like not get nervous. I always tell myself like, no one's watching, like, not because like no one cares. It's just what keeps me calm in the moment of like, oh, it's just me. You know, this isn't going anywhere. And like, it's on TV. And I just try to separate myself from that. <laughs> But it's always great to, to hear you during the broadcast. Uh, it's always nice to, to hear what's going on on the sidelines. Has there been any crazy sideline stories that have happened recently or in the past that's one of your favorite that you've covered? Uh, I mean, the sidelines are, it, it's a very interesting place because it all depends on who's on the sidelines with you. So sometimes I'll have coaches who, and I'm right between both benches. So if both coaches are just naturally very quiet, I'm like, okay, like I'm not getting much, but sometimes you get coaches who want to talk the entire time. They're yelling at the refs the whole time. I remember one coach, I forget who it was. It was definitely an NWSL game, maybe like a year or two ago. And, you know, the ball went out, the ref called it the wrong um, throw in for the wrong team, or he thought it was. And he was just yelling at them that it was simple geometry and trying to explain the simple, simplistic geometry this ref missed. I'm like, dude, it is like the seventh minute. It's still scoreless. Like, let it go. <laughs> like, they, it's not the time for a geometry lesson. But you hear some very colorful language, um, some very witty remarks. These coaches are very witty on the spot, um, but it kind of makes it all the more fun. And I try to bring that into my reports as best as I can, because also I want to keep the trust of the people I'm reporting on that like, Hey, I'm not telling everybody every single thing you said, cause it's the heat of the moment. This is your job. It's passionate. So I just try to encapsulate the passion more so verbatim what they're saying, because this is their workspace and ultimately they're letting me in it. And I don't want to kind of break that trust. So, um, so you said that you sit in between uh, the coaches. I don't know, like, I've never been to a soccer game, like professional soccer game. I feel like such a fake fan. Like I've never been to a Red <laughs> Stars game. I don't know how anything works. I'm just here like sitting, talking about it. But, um, is there like a special seating area for you? Are there other journalists along there with you? Or is it just like you and your crew? It's just me. Um, so the way it works is each stadium is different, but um, for the most part, I kind of, I have a wireless mic pack so I can kind of walk the length of the sideline, which is really nice. And I have an IFB in my ear, uh, which is how the producer can communicate to me and how I'm listening to the broadcast. So I have them in my ear the entire game, um, which is helpful. So I know what they're talking about, maybe what they're interested in, and I can kind of add to those stories that way. Um, so I kind of just roam the sidelines. I try to like listen in, like if there's a hydration break, I'm 
kind of leaning in, like listening to see, I do have contacts on the bench where I can go and ask like, Hey, I heard the coach say X, Y, and Z. Like, is this what he meant from that? Cause I always want to clarify whatever I hear to make sure that I'm interpreting it right. Cause the last thing I want is to be like, Oh, he said this. And that's not what he meant at all. Um, so yeah, I'm usually, I position myself down there. And what's crazy is during COVID, while the games were still happening and I was still flying out to every game, I was the only person on the road from the crew. Everyone else, even the people calling the games were doing it remotely. So I would show up by myself. I'd plug in my headset with whatever audio guy was there. And it was just me on the sidelines. So it was a little weird, um, but we're back to normal where like the whole crew's in the same stadium. Well, that's good. At least uh, I like the fact, well, for my work, um, it wasn't a problem right away. Um, when the season started, it was like, cause of the governor's order was like, you can have 15%. And then like a month later, we got back to hundred percent capacity. But like, I remember watching the challenge cup and it was so weird. Cause this was the first sports league to come back in the United States, which people forget about a lot. And it's something that I try to talk about on my podcast um watching that specifically was very entertaining to say the least um no fans you have a bubble and it worked out really well um did you have a chance to like interview or just talk to people about it in general like what that bubble experience was like for sure. Um, yeah, I, I talked to a lot of different players and, and even now, like when we catch up some players, I haven't talked to since the bubble. So I'll catch up. And I think a lot of the sentiment was like, it felt like an, <laughs> at least for me, and I know some people share the same kind of point of view. It felt like an alternate reality. Like, are we really doing this? And then it was so the schedule was so congested. The games were so combat compact. They were double headers. So two games a day, back-to-back days, and then repeat it every two days. So it was a lot of games. I think I did 28 games in a month, something crazy like that. So it was just exhausting by the time you got to the end of it. And then you looked back and thought, did that even happen? Did we really do that? Because it was just such such a bizarre time. Um, and I know a lot of the players said like, it was just, it was as mentally difficult as it was physically difficult, just because the normal things you have to make yourself feel a little more comfortable or uh, relax or kind of calm down after games, you don't have them anymore because you're not at your home. You're not with your family. You're not with your dog or your partner or uh, whomever you kind of relax with. And then you're just with your team all the time. So it was a lot. And, you know, it was hard for me to switch my brain off sometimes because it was like, if you were, if you weren't busy, you felt like you should be busy and there was nothing else to be busy with other than, (laughs) other than the game. So it was, it was an interesting experience. I'm really proud of the league that they were able to, to pull it off. Um, because I think it showed like, I think it showed a lot of the rest of the leagues, like this can be done. Um, you just have to have a, a plan in place. It was really, really um, like well thought out. And as a fan, I really enjoyed the experience of like trying to follow along. And then all those accounts on Twitter popped up. Oh, like, yes. Like the, the slide account is my favorite. That's my <laughs> personal favorite or like the sun glare. The sun was glare like, was the best. Yeah. I was like, that was clever. Yes. Just like 
all these different things. People are so creative. Like they are. <laughs> that just made me such a bigger fan of the NWSL is because like people are engaging with the league and they're watching, even though they're not able to be present. There's just like it was so refreshing and just so nice to like sit back and scroll through Twitter to see like another funny post about like a slide or whatever. And yeah. Those are good times, but <laughs> I think it's safe to say that no, no more bubbles unless we really have to. Yeah. I'm hoping that's not in our immediate or distant future at all. Yeah. I'm, uh, um, like I went to school online last year, so I, I did, um, I had five classes. Well, I eventually dropped one in my first semester and then five in, in the next semester. Just like, I technically was in my own little bubble too. And it was kind of hard to, to, to keep track of everything, even though everything was like on this one screen, I'd have to right. take a break from my computer. So like, yeah. I'm just staring at it all day. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I'm still doing online classes though. My school is kind of like half and half right now. Okay. So I go to school three times a week, mostly. I didn't today because my teacher canceled for some reason. Oh, nice. But school is important. And college <laughs> is a fun time. And you went it to is. the University of Maryland. And what I was did. that experience like? Um, it was amazing. Uh, I loved my time at Maryland. It, it like just exceeded my expectations because I really didn't know anything about the college. I just knew I wanted to do, I wanted to study broadcast journalism. I knew I wanted to go to a bigger school. Um, and I just applied to, to the best programs I could find. And eventually it, it all worked out with Maryland and it's a gorgeous campus. I had so much fun. Um, I got a lot of great opportunities there. Uh, they really give you opportunities to, to cover things and get hands-on as much as possible. Yeah, I mean, I can't believe I graduated so long ago because it feels like a different life. Like, I don't even know that person anymore who operated under college standards. But yeah, it was a great time. A great time for sure. Can you tell me what a Terrapin is? Because I literally have <laughs> zero clue. <laughs> so a Terrapin is just like a big ass turtle. And okay. <laughs> they, they grow so old and... Uh, his name, our mascot's name is Testudo. Um, and there's a big like bronze statue of him outside the library and you're supposed to rub his nose for good luck. Um, and so his nose is all like tarnished and all from everybody always rubbing it. Um, but during finals, you leave him like, um, good luck charm. So it's just like an array of random crap is around this turtle statue around finals, just for Testudo to bless you with the ability to pass your finals. Okay. It, it worked. So I got my diploma. Yeah. Nice. Good, good job. Yeah. <laughs> you graduated college. Um, Baseline. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Like the one thing that I don't understand about college campuses and I'm still going on college uh, tours because I I'm in community college. And one thing that I've noticed that each school has its own little wacky thing. So I went to visit UConn and you're supposed to like, I don't, I don't remember what the thing was, but you're supposed to like go up to the Husky and, and do something. Or I went to visit Mizzou and you there was like this curse. If you walk through (laughs) this one thing before you graduate, you, you won't. Yeah. Okay. Everyone's got their thing. How do they come up with this stuff? It's so like absurd. And it's just, I'm just (laughs) sitting there like, okay, 
can we go see the residence halls now? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Where's the food hall? Yeah. Let's get serious. <laughs> where, where can I spend my food voucher? At, what like? is, what's the food situation? Yeah. yeah. That's always a fun thing to like try and figure out too. In fact, I'm going to Purdue tomorrow to visit my cousin. Um, we're going to the Purdue Illinois game. Now I, I hate both schools, um, (laughs) for no reason, mostly because my cousin goes to Purdue and it's just like, I want to hate, well, actually. Okay. So I was supposed to go to IU Bloomington when I uh, graduated from high school, but I decided against it because I would have been able to go to community college for free, which is what I'm doing right now. So she's going to Purdue rivals, right? So ever since then, it's been like, um, I hate the school. But also, <laughs> since I live in Illinois and a lot of people go to Illinois, I don't like champagne. So I always tell people, like, imagine going to school in central Illinois. So I just have this pure <laughs> hatred for no reason. Um, so I can't wait to see what the, the wacky Purdue thing is. Oh, I'm sure my they cousin give me a tour. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure they got their their wackiness. Wackiness. <laughs> um, I see behind you, you have a nice little green and blue sign, which yeah. has to go with your podcast. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, um, my podcast is called Pillow Talk. Um, and I started it last fall. And it was just an opportunity for me to kind of have longer conversations with people because in my job, um, what I do now with sidelines is collectively in a game, I maybe talk for two minutes total. You know, my open hit at max is 45 seconds. My sideline reports have to be, you know, 10 to 15 seconds. I have to get in and out, um, just not to disrupt the flow of the game. Uh, so I found that from prepping and and talking to so many interesting people throughout the league, I knew a lot of in interesting stories and things that a lot of people didn't know. And that's how the podcast kind of started as let me uh, again, talk to these people, have them share their stories about, um, you know, what makes them great, what makes them tick. And it's an opportunity to kind of expand that platform. And this year I'm kind of incorporating, you know, a news and notes section where I kind of wrap up what were some of the biggest things that stood out to me this past week in the world of soccer. So I talk about Serie A, I talk about Premier League, I talk NWSL, MLS, anything that stands out to me. I, of course, still have interviews. And then I also kind of give my previews to, hey, I think you should watch this match coming up and why it's important. So um, I listened to most of them. My favorite is when you interviewed fellow Maryland Terp, uh, Zach Steffen. Oh, he was Uh, great. Yeah. What was that interview like? He was awesome. We actually, like I said in the podcast, we had a couple things in common where uh, we went, both went to Maryland. We're both from the Philadelphia area, Um, but it was just so interesting to get his perspective. I interviewed him right before the Champions League final, um, uh, which of course his team, his team lost Mm -hmm. to Chelsea. Um, But it was just interesting to kind of get his point of view of here's an American in one of the top teams in Europe competing for the champions league title and just how things operate there, because it just, it's so, you never really get that inside look. And as a backup goalkeeper, he's able to see a lot of different things where if he was a starter, he'd probably be more focused on maybe X, Y, and Z. So as a second string backup, he's able to kind of be a little more present, I think. And that's what made that interview really, really interesting to me. I am a Chelsea fan. I've said it a lot on here. So I, I watched the the final and um, 
I was very happy that man. Yeah, lost. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm very biased. But <laughs> um, like, no offense to Man City fans, but they're like, I don't I don't even want to, you know, I'm going to refrain. I'm going to refrain. I have You're like a hold list. yourself back. Yeah. Yes. I have like a list of like the worst. I actually like Tottenham more than the the Manchester teams, which I feel yeah. like is, is a bad thing. Um, it's interesting. I have like I don't like Arsenal and I don't like the two Manchester teams. I'll do with I'll do with Tottenham. Yeah. More. Do you have a, a favorite um, Premier League side that you root for? Um, Premier League, I kind of go into it. I, I really don't want to root for like any of the top tier teams. I feel like I can't just become a Man Man United fan, you know. Um, but I I like some of the the like gruffier clubs. Like I love Brighton um, because in their history, at one point, this, this club was so broke that they had to sell their stadium and they were trying to raise money again to kind of get themselves back and invest back into this club. And they, um, they got a good amount from fundraisers and like investors, but they actually sold um, holiday cards with like nude pictures of the team on it. And I was like, that sounds like something out of like an eighties movie, like a nineties movie. And it just was like, I love stuff like that. And that's what is so cool about European soccer, premier league soccer is um, there's so much history to these clubs. And if you just like do a little bit of research, you can find like crazy stories about who founded these clubs and why they are the way they are. Um, so yeah, I kind of watch it all, watch the league very neutrally. I have some, some like soft spots for certain players and things like that. Um, but yeah, I, I like the, the quirky stories. I've read a little bit about, um, you know, Italy and your connection to that. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, I, I'm first generation Italian on my dad's side. He, he immigrated to the States in the seventies. Um, this is actually his game pamphlet when he played semi-pro soccer, uh, in the States in the seventies. So he was just in love with soccer. Um, he, it was everything. Um, so he kind of instilled that in all of us and huge fan of, uh, Serie A, uh, the Italian league and a huge fan of Inter Milan. So, I, I had to become an Inter Milan fan. Um, I'm a huge fan of the team. Uh, my uncle is a Juventus fan, so I kind of keep an eye on them. Um, but I can't, I can't have too many teams at the top of the table, even though Juventus is off to a terrible start. But I've been, I, I really have loved what uh, Venezia has been doing this season in the last couple of years, not just with the look of everything, but mm-hmm. how they're investing, yeah. um, how they're bringing in uh, American talent. So Serie A, I think, is one of the most interesting leagues because Italians are just so, how do you, they're just, they're extra in every, yes, I can relate, I can relate, right, in style, and how they carry themselves, and, and I just love it, I love the extraness that they bring um, to the soccer field, and I love just the, the energy from Italian soccer. Yeah, my family's Italian, like, obviously, from the the last name, yeah, Belcastro, um, (laughs) Uh, my family, oh, I think I'm fourth or fifth. I think it's fifth generation. Um, the, the one thing that I'm mad about with, with my family is that my grandma's mom didn't teach her Italian. And it was like yeah. this thing where they would teach, um, the next generation. And so I'm sitting here like, why? 
my my great aunt knows who is my grandma's sister um some stuff and my uncle's trying to learn some some stuff too I'm thinking about taking college courses in it because I think it's it's interesting you know to to take a language that you know it's where your family grew up at one point and then they moved here and it's like yeah I'm also uh, an Inter Milan uh fan although like Olivier Giroud the fact that he went to AC Milan is like I know tearing tearing my heart apart it's awful I thought, you know, well, I knew that one day he would, he wouldn't leave Chelsea. Um, like he's my phone background right now, him <laughs> holding up the the Champions League trophy. Like I'm a huge fan of him. I was a fan of him when he was at Arsenal. I would play with him like uh, on FIFA a lot growing up. Um, the fact that he went there. I know. Oh, yeah. Italian soccer. <laughs> it's great though. It is great. Like I, I really love following basically any soccer, anytime. I used to hate soccer growing up. I've I've talked about this a lot on here, but one time in fifth grade, I'll tell you the long story short. (laughs) One time in fifth grade, I was goalie, hated soccer, got hit in the face. I was like, okay, I'm done. Okay. I'm done. Yeah. Uh, freshman year, uh, my, my high school, I went to a a private, uh, Catholic high school for two years before I transferred. And I was like, can I play baseball? They said, no, you can play softball. Okay, cool. I'm not going to do that because you told me to do that. And I, I don't want to. (laughs) So I I decided to try out for soccer and I liked it so much that I I came back my sophomore year and I tried out to be goalie. I was starting JV goalie that year. Nice. And it was like this whole like full circle thing, which eventually started my uh, love for soccer even more like Chelsea because of Aiden Hazard. Um, and eventually watching the men's and women's world cup, 2018, 2019, that was, that was it for me. Like soccer yeah. came such a part of my life for some reason that my family had, doesn't understand. They're all NFL people basically. Yeah. Like you American, like I'm sitting there like <laughs> <laughs> you like American football, shame <laughs> on you. Um, so w- with soccer, just in general, like what has been the best part of, of working within uh, the world sport? I, I think just the people I meet, um, because like you said, it is the world sport. So you, you meet people from all different walks of life. And I think, you know, I think any soccer fan is at a certain level, a hopeless romantic because it's a very, you know, romantic sport because it's, it's painful and you have to find the beauty in it and you have to have a little bit of that poetry in your heart sort of thing. So I think it's just amazing that when you see global events like the Olympics, like the world cup, um, that we're all unified because we all like this one thing and we all care about this one thing so much that it determines our mood, our energy, how our day is going to go. And I think that's beautiful. And it's just to see, so many different people kind of be able to hone in on one thing. And it's so, so global. Like think about even just in CONCACAF, the federation that the U S play in, you have U S and Canada, but then you have Jamaica, you have these small Caribbean islands who are all just, just want the same thing. They just want to play. And I think that's so amazing. So that's kind of my favorite thing. I get to travel a lot. I get to meet a lot of different people. I get to be, um, you know, it's an incredible game. So I'm just so grateful for my job. I really love what I do. What's the, what's your most favorite stadium that you've been to for work? Um, NWSL or just, uh, just in general, 
So I have to say for both NWSL and MLS, um, Portland Stadium is amazing. Uh, the energy they have out there is incredible. The stadium's right in the city too. So you can like walk to it. it it's, it's in a really great location. Um, the fans are amazing for Portland games. I love Timber Joey. Uh, I love that whole thing. He saws it off a log. Every, every goal gives it to the player who scored. Um, Thorns games, that crowd is so incredibly loud. Um, yeah, I would have to say for that might be my favorite stadium to go to, even though it's, it's quite a trek from Philadelphia. Uh, it, it's worth it once you get there. I, I'm jealous of everyone that's ever been to Providence Park because I, you know, I, I haven't traveled much lately or just in general. I've never been, I've been to that side of the country, but only for like basketball camps in, in high school. Um, and it's just like, that looks like such a good time. And I'm just sitting here like so jealous. Like, well, I haven't even been to a Red Stars game yet. I've never been to SeatGeek. I've been to Soldier Field for a, a fire game. It's just, it doesn't, there's probably no place in the United States for, for any soccer team like Providence Park. Yeah. It's a very unique atmosphere. Um, and it's really special. I, I love, I love being there. Yeah. I, I'm glad that they added it to FIFA. Um, <laughs> Cause it's just like, it's so awesome looking and I love FIFA. So I'm going to be playing as many uh, <laughs> Timbers games as I can. Um, it's just, I could go on and on about how <laughs> great looking that, that stadium is. Um, it's worth a trip. Yes. I want to ask you though, this, even though this episode is going to come out next week, did you see that the Portland Thorns bus caught on fire? You you seen I, that whole thing, right? I I kind of saw I saw their statement about it. Yeah. And I was like, what in the world? And I, I'm like, how did I miss this? Um, but they said like nobody was hurt, which is great. Um, but yeah, <laughs> what a bizarre story. There's just so much stuff happening in the NWSL this year. It's like I've seen memes where um, people are like, like, of course a bus caught on fire. Yeah, like, of course. Um, yeah. Or the zero days since, oh, what it, what was it? I, I saved the picture. I'm going to look really quick. But when I was, <laughs> when I saw the tweet, I believe I was at the, the Sky Wings game last night. And I was like, what in the world is this? Yeah. Like, I don't even know. Did I save the image? It's like Dwight... True and, and Jim Halpert and they, they have like this sign with like zero days since our last I oh can't yeah remember the last word but that's what it was and yeah someone quote retweeted the the tweet and they posted that it's like <laughs> yeah there, there's just so much so much stuff we've got two expansion teams coming we've got stuff happening happening with the spirit um we have the no side hustles campaign how do you like navigate through all of all of these hectic things that are happening within this league? I think it's important just to have a balance of um, knowing that we have a responsibility to the audience of like, what do they need to know? And, you know, with coaches leaving midway through the season, the audience has a right to know why. And, and we have to tell them, we have to get that out there. That's our job as journalists to, to tell them what happened. Um, and, and everything else, I think we all have to just kind of approach it that way of like, what do people need to know? Because this is important to the, the trajectory of the league, good or bad. So I think when you have that kind of perspective of like, hey, I'm here to tell you the news. That is my job as a journalist. I think people respect you for that because you're not trying to, 
sensationalize anything. You're not trying to blow it out of proportion. You're trying to support the, the, the teams as best you can by showing your support, by reporting on what is happening. Um, and you do it all within the walls of what makes people comfortable. If a player is not comfortable talking about something that happened to them, you don't push them on it. If they want to talk to you when they're comfortable, they'll talk to you when you're, they're comfortable. And that's why, that's how you kind of further develop that trust and that relationship that you have. So I think it's all just, you know, we talk about all those things as a broadcast team of, okay, how, how do we, what is, what do we know? What can we confirm? And how do we put this out in the best way possible? How many times is it worth repeating during a broadcast? Um, how many times is it worth repeating in a month? And we all kind of give our point of view of like, oh, well, I think it's important to say X, Y, and Z, but this isn't confirmed. So let's just say this. And we're all on the same page, just so the message is, is simple and uh, consistent. I want to ask you about, um, I saw a tweet, I want to say last month, maybe where I was like this, um, there was the, the player sheet where they have like the, the players' names on it for the broadcasters. And one thing that people pointed out was that they had Quinn's uh, pronouns on the sheet. And I just want to ask you, like, how important and is it to, to be like that and, you know, use the correct pronouns? And uh, how do we get more journalists and broadcasters to use those correct pronouns? I think what's important to know is every broadcaster wants to use the right pronouns. And if there's ever a mistake or a slip up, it shouldn't be read into as disrespect for Quinn and, and how they want to be called and how they want to be identified because everyone I've met in this league has nothing but the utmost respect for Quinn. Um, and I, and I hope Quinn knows that too. And um, so I think it's just sometimes when you're broadcasting and this isn't an excuse, but your brain goes on automatic. And sometimes those automatic things like pronouns that you're not used to implementing in your everyday life because maybe you don't have people in your circle who go by they, them, other than he or she. It's just that extra second. Um, so I know it's a huge, it's a huge point of importance for broadcasters. We all talk about it because we know how much this means, not just for Quinn, but other people who identify the same way Quinn does. Um, and we want to make sure that we're seen as allies and hey, we're on your side by no means is any slip of the tongue or mistake please like not seen as a, a disrespect or or disregard um for that so i know it can be tough um especially for play-by-play -play who are just trying to keep up and especially if it's a fast-paced game and it's no excuse and i know i know some people who have misidentified quinn and they feel terrible because they know how big it, how important it is and they know how much weight it carries. Um, and it's an important opportunity to get right. And when you don't get it right, you feel like you did Quinn a disservice, you did the broadcast a disservice. So it's it's tough, um, but I, I'm so proud of Quinn. Um, I think they have done an amazing thing for other you know people out there who identify the same way um, to, to show that you can be who you really are, how you truly feel. And you can be supported in that. And I think that's incredible. Yeah, Quinn has been like such a, you know, inspiration for me myself. Like I believe it was in, in February. I was like, you know, what? I'm, I'm going to change my pronouns up because like I can, you know, yeah, <laughs> it's been this like this thing that was building up. Um, 
somehow, some way. Like I, I figured it out, you know, when I was like 19. Yeah. Which I wish it wasn't that late, but you know, it, it's fine. So like watching all these videos about Quinn and like other people around the world um, and following those people and just like reading more, like educating yourself is also super important too. Um, Quinn is amazing. I think that's literally, that's how I'm going to end this part of it. Um, yeah. They're just, they're so cool. Yeah. They're amazing. I saw them right after they won the gold medal in Tokyo. And I was just like, that's just, it's incredible. It's incredible because you're on a huge stage and you showed so many people that they're not alone. If you feel a certain way, if you, you want to be seen or spoke about in a certain way, you can still be successful. You can still be supported. Um, and you can still just like kick ass and win a gold medal. And I thought that was incredible. Um, I also seen on, uh, Twitter, I feel like everything happens on Twitter these days. Um, (laughs) where like the use of the hashtag for the Canadian national team is like a C-A-N with like a lowercase X and then the N-T, which I think is really cool. Um, I want to ask you, like, there, there's so much rebranding happening. I know the NWSL is thinking about rebranding. What's the issue with the W? Is there an issue with the W? And what do you think they're going to do about it? I think it's an interesting um, point to be made because it it's right. Not everyone in this league identifies as a woman. So why label a league as a woman's league? If not everyone in the league identifies as such, I think it's a good point to be made. I think it's a good point to explore. And, but I think what's most important is just get the, get the opinion of the, of the people who are in this league. You know, it's not a decision to be made by just a front office or a marketing team. I think, to really get a sense of what this league means to its players, you have to talk to the players and the league does do a good job in certain aspects. And if they want to rebrand, I hope that's the direction they go. Um, Just because you want, you want your work to represent who you are, especially when you're an athlete um, because you're putting out physical work. It's a physical representation and you want that reflected back on what you're wearing or who, who gives you your paycheck and all of that. Um, so I think it's an interesting conversation and I kind of like that it's happening. Um, and I, I honestly don't know how it'll go, but you know, the league's going into its 10th year next year and it's kind of a monumental moment. No other women's league has ever lasted this long in the country. So I, I like it. I like that there's more discussions. If anything comes out, if that's the only thing that comes out of it, I like that discussions like this are being had because I think they're important and it makes you sit back and go, Oh, I never thought of it that way because I'm only seeing it from my point of view or from my, you know, how I view the world, my experiences. And to kind of open up that dialogue of other people's experiences and and views, I think it's super important. So with it being the the 10th season for the NWSL uh, next year, we have two new teams, which means drama with the expansion draft. I believe (laughs) you covered the expansion draft last year, right? Yes, Yes, I I watched that on Twitch and it was phenomenal to to watch (laughs) that coverage and to be like, I don't have to worry about the Red Stars because they already (laughs) traded away my team's favorite players. They did it smart, yeah, yeah. I I can't believe they traded uh, McCaskill and Nagasato like that. I was very offended. (laughs) I know, I I love both of them. Um, But it was a very smart move um, because then they got immunity from the rest of the draft. And I think- you know, you saw uh, Louisville kind of take take that and, and use that when trading away Kristen Press 
and now they're exempt from the the expansion draft so they kind of learned a lesson through their own um, experience but yeah expansion drafts are wild it's it's interesting to see how teams value other other teams players I'm very nervous well for for the red stars <laughs> like only one national team player there's so many good ones on, on the red stars and it's like and the oh thing is, God. it's like, it, it's desirable locations, you know, it's California. Yeah. It's, it's not going to be maybe super hard to convince a player to come out there. Um, but I'm excited because especially Angel City, they've got amazing um, uh, owners behind them and investors and, and so many incredible women from the soccer world and beyond um, that are investing in that group. And San Diego too has a really cool approach. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. I just bought a Davidson jersey, a Red Star jersey, <laughs> and like after I did it, I was like, "Oh shit! What if she leaves?" <laughs> oh no, the I'm jersey like, curse. I'm like, I was complaining to my friend. I was like, I just remembered that there's an expansion draft, and they only get to protect one national <laughs> team player. Yeah, I have no idea who they're gonna pick. It's my, tough. My, yeah, my they cousin, got some tough decisions to make. Yeah, my cousin was like Julie Ertz, and like that's my cousin's favorite player, you know? Yeah. So I was like, okay, do they keep Alyssa Nairn? Do they keep Jilliards? I know. I'm saying keep Davidson because she's young and she can be like, you know, she's a part of the new generation. She was so young when she won the World Cup playing in the Olympics this year. Like, I say just keep her. I may be biased because <laughs> I just bought her jersey, but... It's a, it's a financial decision for you. Like, I don't want to buy a new jersey. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I just got my uh, Kirsten Press shirt today. I was oh, very nice. excited. I ordered one when it came out because I was like, uh, Nike, you don't know women's soccer fans <laughs> enough. This might sell out right away. So I got one. And yeah. It's nice. I like the logo. I like the way the shirt feels. Um, merch. <laughs> yeah. Love merch. <laughs> really um, <laughs> so I believe the expansion draft is in December. November, December, which one? I believe it's going to be in December, December. Yeah. Yeah. Cause okay. playoffs end in November. So I would assume it's probably December. And do you know if you're working on that one again? I'm not sure. Um, I hope to be, uh, they're always fun to, I like seeing how a team gets to make history. You know, you don't get that opportunity really anytime in sports, especially in American sports when things are so ingrained and you know not often do you see expansion clubs coming into different leagues um so it's i i like the idea of you're you get to start something from scratch you know and it's not not an opportunity many people get so we're gonna go to our lightning round now okay this is my this is my favorite part of the interview just like <laughs> learning more about the person i'm talking to um you know besides talking about the world of sports uh, talking about <laughs> things that aren't sports well kind of still um so I always ask this question first. Is there a book you're reading or an audiobook that you're listening to that we'd like to share with the world? I am reading a book called The Untethered Soul. Um, it's kind of more of like a self-development book. Um, it's really interesting. It's about kind of how to separate yourself from your thoughts and understand that you are not your thoughts. You're the observer of your thoughts. And, and it helps a lot with different you know, difficult situations and things like that. So uh, I like that book so far. Yeah. What's your favorite album right now? <sighs> like new album or just like whatever you're listening to right now? 
Okay. So I have to say, I feel like I'm one of those old people, but I love, I loved Olivia Rodrigo's album. <laughs> I could not stop listening to it. I'm like, am I too old to listen to this? Like, am I that weird old person listening to this? But I thought it was so good. I thought the way she writes songs is really unique. Um, it, some of the sound, like some of the songs sounded like nothing I've ever heard of, but then some had some really cool, like nostalgic sounds to it. Speaking of nostalgia, I really like Dua Lipa's album, Future Nostalgia. I think that's a really great album. Um, but yeah, I listen to a lot of old music. Like I hardly listen to, I try to keep up with like the cool new music, but I listen to like a lot of like nineties and two thousands music. That's kind of where I live. I still listen to 2000 stuff too. I mean, I, yeah. I was born in 02, loved like the, like 2005 and beyond. That's kind of like some yeah. of the stuff that I listen to sometimes, but I also liked, um, sour. I also yeah. felt old listening to it. Like I'm only oh, a year God. older it, than her. It, and it was anybody like, should feel old. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm 30. And I'm like crying to sour. I'm like, this girl gets it. Like I'm in a great relationship. I'm crying over like driver's license. <laughs> like, I'm like, she just knows how people feel. My mom said that she needed a therapist and I was like, oh my God, like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> this album was her therapy. I thought it was so good and just so mature. Like when I was her age, I could never have put down thoughts so eloquently that like, it's, to me, songwriting is just an incredible gift. Like if you have the ability to write something that so many people relate to, like, that's insane. I don't even know where to start. What's the best concert you've ever been to? Hmm. I would say probably Bruce Springsteen, which I guess is another old answer. <laughs> Bruce Springsteen was great and Third Eyed Blind was great. Yeah, so I like older music. Some interesting interesting yeah. takes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Those are some like old older ones. I mean, yeah. I've only I've only seen like a few artists in concert. I've been to Fall Boy twice. I'm gonna see Tournament Pilots my third time next month um concerts are really fun and i'm actually that, oh like, i was gonna you got another, another one? one but it's gonna make me sound even more old no, I, go ahead. I, saw, I saw diana ross in concert and she was incredible <laughs> she was so good that was a great concert um do you have a favorite um cheer that you hear during nwsl games uh where was I last? I had a pretty good cheer going. Gosh, I can't even remember where I was. I think it was North Carolina. And they had like a really good, I think it was like, oh, it was that song tequila, like, da -da 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 -da. Mm -hmm. but they go Dabinia. And I just oh, I thought, you know, it's simple. That's good. It's clever. That's like, clever. I like that. I like that one. Yeah. That's a good one. The, mm -hmm. People are so creative. Like soccer has the most creative people. I for know. sure. Yeah um and the last lightning round question is who is someone that you want to have on your podcast that you haven't had yet oh gosh I have like a very long dream list but I think probably at the top I'd have to <laughs> I'm gonna put it out in the universe I'd love to have like Andrea Pirlo on the show I've been a fan of his forever um just just he's someone whose brain I would just love to pick just the way he sees the game, how he, you know, he's, he's the, um, the architect, the maestro. So 
just to get in that brain of how he watches. And I'd really love to have um, Mia Hamm. She was just such an idol to me. And I got to work with Julie Foudy this summer. And it was just so bizarre when I started because I was like, I had your poster on my wall, you know, and now we get to work together. And I was just like, this is insane. Like, what is my life? So there's some, there's some great soccer players I'd love to talk to. Well, I want to thank you again for coming on my show. Like I really appreciate it. It was really nice to talk to you and everything like that. Um, This is the time to plug away. Go ahead. (laughs) Um, If you want to listen to the podcast, it's Pillow Talk Podcast. It's on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can follow me on Instagram at Marissa underscore Pillow or on Twitter at Pillow Talk. Pillow Talk. That's like so creative too. I just wanted to tell you like that name. (laughs) I'm really running with it. Anything it applies to, I'm running with it. Yeah. It's so good. I was like (laughs) coming up with the name for this show was difficult and I'm surprised this name wasn't even taken I was like who (laughs) didn't take this yet I'll yeah I'll take it sure if it's there I'll take it um (laughs) and of course like tell the people to watch you on tv right right so I'm on all of the game of the weeks for NWSL Mm -hmm. on CBS our next game is on October 6th it is Gotham and Washington Spirit. It is Carly Lloyd's return to Philly. That game's going to be at Subaru Park in Chester. Um, so it's going to have a great Philly crowd, um, really great energy. I'm excited for that one. I think it's a seven o'clock game on CBS Sports Network. That's our next broadcast. I will be hopefully tuning in. Hopefully I'm not working. Um, <laughs> but like that, also Philadelphia Union have some nice crowds too. They do have some good crowds. Yeah. I don't like Philadelphia, clearly. Oh, come on. You didn't, I'm going to, I'm surprised I'm you haven't said anything yet. I know. I try not to pass judgment <laughs> because I'm always judged for being a Philly fan. The only reason <laughs> I wear, uh, I'm a fan of Boston is because I was a Utah Jazz fan growing up. I didn't like the Bulls. I will, I'll root for the Bulls, but I was a Utah Jazz fan growing up because of Gordon Hayward. So when he um, became a free agent and decided to sign with the Celtics, I became a Boston fan. This is the only Boston, it's the only Boston uh, team I'll root for. Um, Yeah. And I actually bought this hat today because I was looking for a new hat and uh, (laughs) I saw this nice little logo on there and I was like, yeah, I'm going to get that. But uh, it's time for me to do my fancy outro. I don't script it. I don't have anything written down. I just go with whatever um, in my noggin. I like to say. So if you want to follow me on social media, guess what? You can. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. On Twitter and Facebook, you can follow me at WSM Podcast. And on Instagram, you can follow me at Women's Sports Matter. I'm sorry that they're two different names. Can't have a long handle on Twitter. So it looks like I was SOL with that one. (laughs) I'm trying to revive my YouTube channel. It's the Women's Sports Matter podcast. Uh, Hopefully I'll be able to upload all that stuff, especially like when I end the season, which by the way, I'm ending the season, not today. Don't worry. Mm -hmm. Everyone calm down. Okay. I'm ending the season soon because of school, but I'm thinking end of October, early November. Um, So just that's a little FYI for you. Also, I have a bunch of resources down below in the description, like how to find a vaccine near you, how to find um, your nearest legislator, all that kind of stuff. Please go get vaccinated. Like, please, I want to, I want to go, I want to go places. Okay. I want to go to school and I don't have to wear a mask, but it's also important to wear a mask. But anyway, if you go to vaccines.gov, type in your address, you'll find the nearest vaccine near you. Get your flu shot also. 
I feel like that's important. Just do the right thing. Okay. Okay. I'm done. This was great. Thank you again, Marissa, for coming on my show. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm going to go do some homework and pack for my <laughs> trip to Purdue because I'm a college student and sometimes people forget that. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Women's Sports Matter podcast. My name is Gianna Belcastro and I'll see you next time, folks. Bye-bye.